We hear the word of God today as it's taken from the second letter that Paul wrote to the Christians at Corinth. And we begin to read at the 12th chapter, the first verse. I must boast, there's nothing to be gained by it, but I will go on to visions and revelations of the Lord. I know a man in Christ who 14 years ago was caught up to the third heaven, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know, God knows. And I know that this man was caught up into paradise, whether in the body or out of the body, I do not know, God knows. And he heard things that cannot be told, which man may not utter. On behalf of this man, I will boast, but on my own behalf I will not boast except of my weaknesses. Though if I wish to boast, I shall not be a fool, for I shall be speaking the truth. But I refrain from it, so that no one may think more of me than he sees in me or hears from me. And to keep me from being too elated by the abundance of revelations, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to to harass me, to keep me from being too elated. Three times I sought the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. I will all the more gladly boast of my weaknesses, that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Amen. The Apostle Paul was a person filled with power, prestige, popularity, personality, and he had a problem. He had a problem that he wanted rid of. And he asked God in prayer to take that problem away. His prayers probably were something like this, O oh Lord, I could do much more for you, for other people, and for myself if I had not this weakness. He called it a thorn in the flesh. But God said no. And Paul went to the grave with that weakness, that thorn in the flesh. It took him a long time to understand something that you and I never understand. And that is that God works best not through our strengths, but through our weaknesses. Paul had to learn what some of us never learn in life. That if we did not have weaknesses, we wouldn't be as strong as we are. Every one of us here has a thorn in his flesh, or her flesh. No, don't punch that person beside you. That's not the thorn I mean. Every one of us has a weakness. And I doubt if there's anyone here struggling with his or her weakness that does not think how much better life would be if I could get rid of this thing 
that bothers, bewitches, bewilders, and bugs me. And that's the wrong attitude. And this sermon is dedicated to get across one idea, and it's namely this, that one of the most horrible things that could happen to you would be to have God take away that weakness that you want him to take away. Sounds strange, and it's very difficult for us to believe that now. But nevertheless, it's true. Nevertheless, it's true. It's when we are weak that God's power really is the greatest in us. So I want you to take out that thorn that bugs you. I want you to look at it. I want you to examine it carefully. I can't expect you to thank God for it because they pester us too much, those thorns. But I want you in the next few minutes to concentrate on that thorn, that weakness that you have in your life. And that's a little difficult to do because, you see, we are people who do not like to collect or isolate or concentrate on thorns. Do you realize that? Whether it be in the flesh or in nature. I had a great revelation this week. One of my great source materials other than the Bible is the Encyclopedia Britannica. I have one that's up to date. It's almost a must for somebody in my particular field. And I went to that great source, and you know, in I think 33 volumes that I have in my personal library, I could not find one article, one paragraph, or one sentence that deals about thorns in the subject of botany. It's just not there. Yet you and I know about thorns. We know that they are on the stems of roses. They're on the branches of bushes. We know to stay away from them. If they come in contact with us, they can puncture the skin. They can hurt. They can perhaps infect. I've never known anyone, maybe you do, but I've never known anyone who has died from an infection, from a thorn. We really don't know in nature why God puts those blasted things there behind beautiful flowers, but he does. I can't quite tell you why that thorn that you have in your flesh is your gift from God, but nevertheless, it's there. It's there, I think, perhaps, to try to show you that in weakness there is God's strength. And that your weakness, as well as my weakness, these thorns in the flesh, they are the very seat of the potential of the power and the presence of God's grace, which he wants to perfect in and through and out of us. Now, our problem is in trying to identify the thorn. What some people call a thorn in the flesh, others do not. And I think Paul gives us some good qualifications as to what makes a thorn in the flesh. First of all, it must be something that has been preying upon you for some time. Paul's thorn was there for 14 years, maybe longer. A thorn cannot be a headache that you have today and don't have tomorrow. It cannot be 
just a problem that is only temporary or a hangnail or something like that. No, that's not a thorn in the flesh. It can be a problem, a calamity, a temporary weakness, but that's not what we're talking about. This must be something that persists, that preys upon your mind, that preys upon your body, that has forced you to make sacrifice in one way or another. It is something that you go to the doctor about and you've tried the best of medicines, you've made all sorts of disciplined decisions on your own part, you've tried everything, but in spite of it, no matter what effort, you still have the thorn. You still have that particular weakness. That's one of the qualifications. It is something that's been with you for some time, and it hurts. It hurts so much that this brings us to the second qualification. It's something you don't talk about. A weakness to make a thorn in the flesh is something that hurts you so much you just can't talk about it. If your weakness is something that you talk about, that's not a thorn, that's a topic of conversation. It's something you really enjoy, otherwise you wouldn't talk that much about it. But thorns, you don't talk about them. They jag, they hurt, they rip, they puncture too deeply. You don't talk about them. You have to really have them pried out of you if anybody's going to know of your thorn in the flesh. That's the way it is with Paul. You realize he talks about his thorn in the flesh. Everybody thinks they know what it is, but nobody really knows specifically what it was. It's real interesting to read the commentators. Calvin, back in the 16th century, he, he thought that Paul's thorn in the flesh was some type of inability to believe what he preached, and that very easily he disbelieved many of the things that he said. The monks back there who tried to get out of living in everyday life, they talked quietly about Paul's thorn in the flesh. They said he had a sexual problem. Yes, an insatiable lust that about drove him crazy. Others said, no, 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 no. Paul, they said, was a very ugly man, short in stature with a big hooked nose. And he had a great sense of inferiority, which was his weakness, his thorn in his flesh. Others said, no, 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 that's not it at all. When he speaks of his thorn in his flesh, he's talking about his enemies, his persecutors, those who tormented him and those whom he could never please. Most people think, and I agree with him, that it must have been something really, though, in the physical nature. Maybe that's why Dr. Luke traveled with Paul so very much. He was his physician in residence. Some people say it was malaria. A malaria attack could come upon Paul at any minute and make him ineffective in preaching and teaching. Others said, no, no, no. No, he shared in that ugly disease that plagued Julius Caesar, Oliver Cromwell, Napoleon, epilepsy. Others said, no, no, that's, that's not it at all. He had migraine headaches. I personally am of the belief that it was an eye problem. He didn't have 20-20 vision. 
You remember when he was struck down on the D Damascus Turnpike, he was blinded for a while, and I personally think that his sight never was restored completely. And he had to write large. And anybody who has eye problems knows what an embarrassment it can be when, when you hear a voice but you can't recognize a face and you're in a dilemma. Paul had a problem. We don't know really what it was because he couldn't talk about it because you don't talk about thorns in the flesh. They hurt too much. They're too much of an embarrassment. Besides, nobody's really interested in your thorn. We all have our own. So to qualify a weakness and make it a thorn, it's one that preys upon you, but you really can't talk too much about. But it's one you pray about. That's the third qualification. You pray and you pray and you pray for release. That's what Paul said. He prayed thrice. It's the way the King James Version reads it. And if you read it in a Greek New Testament, understanding that language and had a little bit of an idea of the way Hebrews exaggerate, thrice means not unos dos tres. It means continuously. It means vigorously. It means with all types of effort. That's the way Jesus prayed, you see, in the Garden of Gethsemane. He prayed until great beads of sweat appeared upon his forehead. That's the way that you must pray about this weakness for release from it to make it a real valid thorn. If you haven't prayed about your weakness, don't call it a thorn because it's not. A thorn only becomes a thorn when you have prayed and prayed and prayed extensively and desperately for release. And fourthly, it's a thorn when that weakness is no longer prayed about. Yes, Paul quit praying about his weakness. He quit praying about it, and that's what makes a weakness a thorn. When you've prayed so much, you pray no more. He quit praying not because he had a disbelief in prayer, but he quit praying because he knew his prayer was answered. His particular petition was not, but his prayer was answered. See, that's why so many of us give up on prayer. We forget that no is an answer. Paul prayed, and the only answer he got was not the one he wanted, but the one he received was, Paul, no, I'm not going to take that weakness away from you. That weakness is one of the greatest things you have going for you, Paul. For when you are weak, my strength is strong. You are weak. But when you are weak, you are really strong. And God didn't take away that weakness, just as he's not going to take away some weaknesses that you and I have. Those thorns in our flesh are there, and thank God for them. Thank God for them, because that is where we understand, realize, know, and enjoy the grace of God working in our lives.
So if you have some particular weakness that has been preying upon you, something that you can't even talk about with the closest person in your love life, that you've prayed about it so much that you can pray no more, brother and sister, you have a thorn. You have a thorn in the flesh, and that is not bad. That is the grace of God coming through you in a way that can come only through weakness. And that's what makes you strong. Do you realize if her hearing had been good and her eyesight better and she had the ability to speak that Helen Keller would have just been another woman? But because she was weak, thousands of people have been made strong. That's the history throughout all of the Bible. When the Israelites thought they were strong, that's when they were weak. But when they suffered and were in weakness, that is when God was strongest in their midst. So today when you go out here, I don't want you licking your wounds. I want you thanking God for the thorn that has caused the wound. Because that's one of the greatest things you have going for you. God is preparing you for something great and wonderful and good. And he does it never through our strengths, but always through our weaknesses. That is God's way of working. Man's extremity is God's opportunity. May we never forget it. Amen. Father, sometimes life gets so complicated we lose our way. Father, many times we get so excited about what we do not have <clears throat> that we forget that you are sufficient for all of our needs. Father, we pray for that one who is ill. We pray for all of us who have some form of illness. We ask that those thorns in our flesh will be accepted by us as a part of the crown of righteousness that you have given to us and which yes can cause bleeding but yet makes us sons and daughters of the king and now may the grace of our lord jesus christ the love of god and the communion of his holy spirit be and abide with all of you and your weaknesses now and forevermore.